You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. We haven't met before. My name's Tom, and I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Church. And before I start today's message, I'd like it just to take a little selfie. Is that all right? I hope you don't mind. Give us your best wave, everyone. Wonderful. And over this side, can you give me your best wave? And another one. Best smiles and waves. Wonderful. Well, what I'm holding in my hand here, a selfie stick, is probably one of the most iconic instruments of the last decade. We're in a new decade now, the 2020s, and the selfie stick is probably the thing that most epitomizes the last decade in our society. It really has been the era of the selfie. Um, The 2010s were very much the era where the term selfie took off. It was actually a phrase that was a term that was coined in 2003 when a drunk Australian guy uh, who'd had a very heavy night on the town ended up in hospital with stitches in his face and he took a photo of himself and posted it onto uh, his website uh, with the word, here's a selfie of me in hospital. And then the word from that day onwards really started to uh, become very common in our usage. And in 2013, the word selfie was added to the Oxford English Dictionary And uh, since then, I doubt there's hardly anyone here who hasn't had a selfie at some point. There's hardly anyone here who hasn't been involved in a selfie. It's now thought that one in three pictures, get this, one in three of all pictures on the internet are a selfie. That's shocking, isn't it? One in three of all the millions and, well, billions of images on the internet are now selfies. And you can go to many, many websites to learn how best to take the perfect selfie. Obviously, no one in this room would visit one of those websites, I'm sure. So I went uh, on your behalf this week to the (laughs) online magazine 17, uh, which I don't think is really for 30-something-year-old men. Anyway, I read the following article, 15 selfie tips that will get you all the likes. And here was the tagline, score tons of likes and followers with these easy tricks for snapping amazing selfies every time. So are you listening in? Amongst the wisdom I consumed were tips such as avoid harsh lighting, know your angles by tilting your head slightly. I saw some of you guys doing that just a moment ago. (laughs) Take selfies in the morning when your hair is still fresh. (laughs) Wear sunglasses. (laughs) Clean your room and channel your inner model. And you can even, this is quite tragic really, but you can even download dozens of apps whereby you can do some post-editing of yourself. You can make your cheeks appear thinner or fatter, depending on what you uh, feel they should look like. You can make your, uh, your skin look more tanned. You can make your teeth look more white. You can uh, reduce the appearance of spots. You can do all kinds of things. You can make your lips look bigger even if you want to on these post-editing apps, post-selfie apps. We are truly in the era of the selfie. They are so popular that even McCorks are doing it. If we can just bring that picture up. This was a genuine selfie, (laughs) genuine selfie taken by this monkey. He's got the angle just right to just bring some accent to that jawline. He's got the lighting really good. Uh, He maybe needs to work on his pout a little bit more, but he's done a great job with it. We are in a society where self is king. Even if you don't take selfies, even if you've never taken a selfie before in your life, even if you don't own a selfie stick, this isn't actually my selfie stick. I had to borrow this from one of my fellow pastors who shall remain unnamed. (laughs) Thanks so much for letting me borrow that. Thank you. Um, 
even if you don't have a social media account, even if you, you've never really kind of indulged much in that world, let's consider for a moment our own lives. And we see in our own lives this tendency towards uh, self-centeredness. We see in our lives this tendency towards self-obsession. We're, we're in a society that obsesses about self. Am I measuring up? Am I morally better than others? It's so common now in our society for people to denounce others because they said such and such a thing or they, they didn't do such and such a thing or they didn't say what they should have said. And really, in all of that is self-centeredness because it's trying to point people to ourselves as being more moral than other people. Look at me. I would never do such a thing as that. It's a self-centered thing. It seems to be that we obsess about keeping up with the expectations of others. We're always wanting more for ourselves, always wanting better reputations and doing all we can to further our reputation. And sometimes even the good things that we do can come with the motive of self-centeredness, that we want people to think well of us, or we want people to think we're doing the right thing. And that, that self-centeredness, that self-obsession is something that causes us deep unhappiness. Because we were never made to be centered on ourselves. It causes us deep unhappiness and it causes all kinds of problems for society at large. It does it on a family level where uh, self-centered decisions can lead to families breaking up and being in all kinds of disarray. In our global political context, self-centeredness and self-ambition can lead to wars and famine and hunger and poverty. It can lead to all kinds of difficulties in whole nations. And even in our environment, as our oceans get filled up with plastic because we're consuming more and more stuff, or our rainforests get depleted because we're wanting more and more things, self-centeredness leads to destruction. That's what the Bible says, actually. The Bible says that pride leads to destruction. That's another word for self-obsession or self-centeredness. It leads to misery and it leads to destruction. Now, there's generally been two approaches to solving this in history. And until even the early 20th century, people would believe that it was simply that people had too high a view of themselves, and that was the root cause of all the evil in the world. That yes, people were self-obsessed and self-centered, but it was that people had too high a view of themselves. That was the traditional view. What was the reason for crime and violence? What was the reason for people being abused? Why do people do the bad things they do? Traditionally, the answer was that we took too high a view of ourselves. And the solution is to consider ourselves as rotten, despicable things, and in doing so, avoid all illusions of grandeur. But in our modern Western culture, we've taken the opposite approach. We've developed the opposite consensus that people misbehave through lack of self-esteem, that we take too low a view of ourselves, that we have too little self-esteem. And this approach would see that the reason that people beat people up, the reason that people are criminals, is that they take too low a view of themselves. And the solution is to think well of yourself. The solution is to think better of yourself, to think that you're great, to think that you're the best, to tell ourselves that we're great, to repeat that mantra, and to have our ego massaged and all of our life decisions affirmed. Now, if we just take either one of those approaches to the problems in our lives or in society, then we will never, ever really find a solution. In the traditional way of looking at the problems in the world, it just leads to shame. It just leads to people thinking, I am an awful, wretched creature, 
and it leads to people still looking in on themselves, but basically just wallowing in self-loathing. It leaves people still in self-obsession. They just hate themselves, and it's miserable. And in a modern way of looking at the problems of the world, it's actually difficult to tell anyone that anything they do is wrong. It's difficult to say that anything they might do or say is wrong because it wouldn't be good for their self-esteem. It's not It's not possible to tell anyone that what they're doing might lead to them hurting themselves or others because it would damage their self-esteem. Listen, there is good news today. I want to tell you good news today. That there's an approach to the self, there's an approach to seeing ourselves that is totally different from both the traditional and modern approaches. Totally different. It's one that doesn't lead to shame and self-loathing. And it's also one that doesn't lead to self-obsession and inflated egos. And it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we throw this word gospel around quite a bit in church. And you might think of gospel choirs or gospel churches. Well, the word gospel just means good news. It just means good news. That's what it means. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most glorious news that you will hear. It's transformative news when we take it to our hearts. It's the news that Jesus Christ, the always existing Son of God was sent to earth to rescue humanity from our brokenness and our wrongdoing and our mess and to restore us to right relationship with our Creator. Life-giving, joy-giving relationship. It's the news that Jesus did this by living the perfect life that wasn't full of self-obsession and self-centeredness. And nor was it full of self-loathing. He lived a perfect life. And at the age of about 33, having never put a foot wrong, he was put through a, a really farcical trial and was executed on a Roman cross. It's the news that although dead for two days and really dead, he rose again on the third day. Meaning that death is no longer the end for those who put their trust in him meaning that death has been defeated, meaning that when we die, it isn't the end, that we can know eternity with him. We don't just know God now, we get to know him forever. And it's the good news that he is coming again and that he's going to make all things new and that in the meantime, he's given us the Holy Spirit to come and live within us, to transform us, to help us to live the life that he's called us to. This is the good news, and it's transforming, and it frees us from a life of self-obsession. It frees us from a life of self-centeredness, because the gospel of Jesus truly humbles us. It truly humbles us, because it shows us that we are simultaneously more flawed and more wicked than we could have ever imagined, but also more loved and accepted than we ever dared to hope. That's what the gospel teaches us. So flawed that Jesus had to die for me, but so loved that Jesus was glad to die for me. And it humbles us. When we truly gaze in wonder at the amazing gospel, when we take it to our heart, there's no room for pride. There's no room for thinking we're better than we are. There's no room for making it all about us. There's no room for making ourselves the center of the universe. There's no room for self-loathing either. There's no room for shame when we 
take in the breadth of this incredible news. When we breathe it in deeply, there's no room for feeling shame anymore. There's no room for me thinking I'm worthless because Jesus paid the highest price for me. I cannot feel superior to anyone. Some of us need to hear that. I need to hear that. You need to hear that. There's no room for us feeling superior to anyone because Jesus was there on the cross for me. And if I was the only person in the world, he still would have had to go to the cross because of my wrongdoing. And so I can't feel superior to anyone. It's absolutely what I deserved and he took it. I have nothing to prove to anyone anymore because the one whose opinion actually matters, whose opinion matters far more than the hundreds of people who might like your selfies, the one whose opinion matters more than anyone in the universe, he has a perfect love for me. This Christian life is radically different. And the Bible writer Paul puts it like this. This is a guy who was full of hate. If he was standing up here giving his testimony today, it would not have been, well, you know, I, I kind of went to, to church all my life. No, it would have been, I tried to destroy the church. I tried to do all within my powers to destroy it. And he drove people out of their homes and had people arrested and tortured because they were Christians. Just because they loved Jesus. This was a guy who met Jesus. And this is what he says. My old self, my old self-serving, self-centered self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This chief of all sinners. That's how he describes himself in the Bible. He's able to say, Jesus loved me and he gave himself for me. He loved me and he gave himself for me. And so when we truly gaze in wonder at this, it transforms us. Jesus got treated as we deserved. On that cross, Jesus was treated as we deserve to be treated. And now we on the other side of his death and resurrection, get to be treated as he deserved. On the day that Jesus was baptized, there was an audible voice that came from heaven. Wouldn't it have been cool had you come out of the water, Sam and Gavin, and there was an audible voice from heaven, just as it was for Jesus. And this audible voice said, This is my son, who I love, and with him I am well pleased. Well, you may not have heard the audible voice of God this morning, but you can hear the audible voice of Tom telling you what God says over your lives, Sam and Gavin. This is my son who I love, and with him I am well pleased. That's what he says. And it's not because of anything that you've done to deserve it. It's because you got what Jesus deserved. And he got what you deserved on the cross. He gave himself for you. This is a game changer. Because he loves me and accepts me, it doesn't have to be all about me anymore. I'm freed from self-obsession. I do not have to do things in my life to try and build up my self-esteem. 
I don't have to do things in my life to try and build up my reputation. I don't have to try and manipulate my face on a post-selfie app. I don't have to try and manipulate others to think better of me because the one whose opinion really matters is towards me and for me and he loves me with a self-giving, never-ending love. That is good news. That's really good news. I don't sit in shame and self-loathing and nor do I go through life with self-obsession trying to inflate my self-esteem. I do not think more of myself nor less of myself. I simply think about myself less. The gospel frees us from thinking about ourselves all of the time. And we have our eyes open to someone who is way better than us. We have our eyes open to someone who is way better than the image staring back at us when we hold our phones up to take a selfie. Jesus says something in Mark chapter 16, which I don't know if you've ever read this verse before. We're going to read it in a moment. But when you first read this, you might think, man, this is, this is awful. Like, this is the worst thing ever. This is a really grim statement. This is really depressing, actually. This is what you might consider when you first read this verse. But I want to tell you that it's completely the opposite to what you think. This is what Jesus says in Mark chapter 16 and verse 24. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Disciple just means follower. If you want to be a Christian, you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Listen, this isn't a miserable statement. This isn't an invitation to a life of misery. You can read that and think, great, I don't think I signed up for this. I don't think this is what I want my life to be all about. Listen, this is actually an invitation to a great party. This is an invitation to something glorious where we get to forget about us for a moment, where we stop obsessing about ourselves and we get to be captivated by Jesus. That's the invitation here. Sam and Gavin, you have entered into a new life where the fascination is not with self, but it's a fascination with Jesus. That's the life that you've entered into. Where denying yourself is not a chore, but a delight. Because in denying yourself of self-obsession, of self-centeredness, you're gaining a fascination with Jesus, and that actually brings life and joy. This is a life where you know the verdict on your life. The verdict on your life is loved, accepted, and forgiven. And this forgiver, this lover, this adoptive father, he is breathtaking. He is stunning. This God is fascinating. And the life that you live now is one where you simply keep your eyes fixed on him. And many of us here who have walked with this Jesus for years can say that it's a battle at times to keep two eyes fixed on him. But that's what this gathering is all about. That's why we come together on Sundays. Maybe you've never really considered why we come. Well, we come together to fix our eyes on Jesus. We come together to, to encourage one another, keep fixing your eyes on him. That's why we do life groups. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's what this book is all about, to help you to fix your eyes on him. That's what the Holy Spirit has been sent into our lives to do, to keep bringing us back to seeing Jesus. That's what it's all about. He is endlessly fascinating and will never exhaust 
all of his goodness, not even into eternity. Listen, I've been married for 10 years now, and I know what you're thinking. You don't look old enough to be married for 10 years. I'll stop you having to have to ask the question. Yes, I've been married for 10 years, and I hope that by God's grace, we'll have another 50. Now, I thought I knew my wife, Sarah, 10 years ago. And what I'm about to say, I would say to her face, even though she goes to the first service, I would say this to her face. Jesus is endlessly more fascinating than my wife. And I thought I knew her 10 years ago, and I'm learning more about her every single day and every single week, and I love what I see. I'm, I love my wife so much. She's wonderful. And yet Jesus is, is far more fascinating than my wife. And she would say the same thing to me, and we would rejoice that we'd say those things to each other. We really would. Jesus is the one who truly satisfies. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Heaven will not be a hall of mirrors in which you like what you see. I doubt we'll even have mirrors in heaven. We're going to go around this new creation, and everywhere it will just be screaming of the goodness of Jesus. You might get to visit beautiful mountains in the new creation and beautiful beaches and go traveling and everywhere it will just be crying out about the glory of Jesus. You get to hang out with Jesus and it will be glorious. There won't be need for mirrors and selfie sticks. Jesus is glorious. If there's nothing else that you take away from today's message, please hear this. In the years to come in your life, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. He's better than anything else that you might be running after in life. He is better. And I want to appeal to you to even today to give your life to him. But even if you go from this place and say, you know what, that's not for me. Let me tell you this. In the years to come, when you go running after all the things in life that you think are going to satisfy, remember these words, Jesus is better. Because there will come a time when you'll come to the end of your searching and you'll think, all that I've gone after, all of the acclaim of others, all of the respect from other people that I chased after, all of the riches that I thought would bring me satisfaction, all of the experiences of this world that I thought would somehow wow me and, and, and give me joy, they haven't done. Remember these words, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. He's better than a great career. He's better than sex. He's better than a relationship. He's better than it all. Anything else that you might be thinking, if I only had that, it would satisfy. Jesus is better. And he invites you today to know him. He invites you today to life in him. Life to know him, to walk with him, to enjoy him. He's inviting you today. And he wants all to come. There's not some ritual you have to go through. All you have to simply say is, Jesus, I've come to the end of my searching and I want to know you, and I want the forgiveness that you bring, I want the peace that you bring, and I give all my mess over to you. And we're going to sing in just a moment as we finish, and I want to lead a prayer in just a minute's time where I'm going to pray, and it's going to be a prayer that might help you just to kind of bring that response to Jesus for yourself. And if you pray it, if you pray in your heart and your mind with me, and you know it's the first time I've ever done that kind of thing, I want you to raise your hand. I will have my eyes open, as will Tim, who's been hosting the meeting. Everyone else will have their eyes closed. And we would just love to come and find you after the service and just talk with you. Maybe a next step for you will be getting baptized. 
we'd love to baptize you if you've placed your faith in Jesus for yourself. So with everyone's eyes closed now, I'm going to pray a prayer that I hope will help you to make that response to Jesus if that is what you're wanting to do right now. Jesus, I have searched and searched for satisfaction. Jesus, I've made it all about me. And I recognize in my own life this self-obsession. And today, I've come to see that there is something way better than myself to be fascinated with. And Jesus, I thank you that you came to rescue me from self-obsession. And you came to rescue me and bring me into relationship with my Creator. And I want to now give over to you all of the mess, all of the failure, all of the baggage in my life. And I want to receive now forgiveness, adoption into the family of God, and joy everlasting. I want to live for you all the days of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.